Hi, I'm Dan. I'm a photographer, father and husband, and this is the Booze Break Podcast. This is the show for people like me who find themselves stuck in a loop of drinking more often and in more quantity than they'd like. You're welcome to follow me on my journey to change my relationship with booze and explore ways in which to live a more productive, healthy, fulfilling and alcohol-free lifestyle. Welcome to the Booze Break Podcast. is a diary of my journey taking a break from alcohol as well as looking into different ways to help sustain a break from the booze. We'll be going into the ups and downs as I circumnavigate my way through work, family life and social situations without the hooch. I'll be delving into the benefits of living booze free and tackling subjects such as uh, social pressure, health, identity and alcohol representation in the media. Just a quick warning, there's likely to be some choice language and adult themes peppered throughout this series, so if you're easily offended or have children within earshot, you've been forewarned. Full disclaimer up front, I'm not an expert in any of these fields. My opinions are purely based on my own experiences and a little research. I also want to make it clear that I do not judge anyone based on their relationship with alcohol. Do what you want, drink what you want. But if you're like me and want to change your relationship with booze, whether that be to stop completely, uh, take a break, or just cut down, you're welcome here. So who am I? And why am I talking to you now? Well, I'm Dan. I'm a photographer and a lecturer. I have a lovely wife and daughter and also a cat who I'm still on the fence about. I'm yet to find a term that well defines my relationship with alcohol. Uh, I'm probably somewhere between a middle of the road drinker and something probably a little heavier. I like to drink most nights and it's usually more than a couple of beers. I like it all. Uh, Craft beer, good wine, gin, single malt whiskey. I'm not picky at all, but I do like to think I've got some decent taste. This booze-free journey started for me on Tuesday the 5th of May, when the last sip of alcohol passed my lips. I decided after a long time thinking, debating, self-criticizing, and honestly worrying about my relationship with alcohol, that I needed to take more drastic steps uh, than failed sober Octobers and futile dry January attempts. I wanted to take a real break from drinking alcohol. This decision was helped in no small part by my lovely Auntie Claire, who gave me the final nudge to embark on a 90-day booze-free challenge with the good folks Andy and Ruri at One Year No Beer. I highly recommend checking those guys out. I'm now sitting pretty at 14 days alcohol-free. Whoop! This might not sound like a big deal uh, to you, but honestly, I can't remember the last time I went a full two weeks without a drink. So uh, I did some number crunching. Uh, I worked out how many drinks I would have on a, a, a on a daily occasion and sort of uh, took an average over uh, a week. Uh, and that came out at 52 drinks uh, that I've not had uh, since going alcohol free. 52 drinks in two weeks, which sounds... Um, really intense. Um, I will say those figures were calculated based on my drinking habits at the time of uh, the coronavirus lockdown, so please don't judge me too harshly. Um, But yeah, that's crazy. And £125 saved, um, thanks to a, a clever app that I've got on my phone. I just want to take a quick break to let you guys know about my Patreon. So if you're liking the content that you're listening to uh, on the Booze Break podcast, you can actually show your support by going over to the Booze Break website, which is boozebreakpodcast.com. Right at the top there, there's a little button that says donate. You can click on there and it goes straight to my Patreon page. This is where you can actually pledge a sum per month to help support the the show and me. First of all, that's really generous and and thank you. But also you do get um, some benefits to that as well. Different tiers that you can um, go to. There's actually this legend, warrior and godlike behemoth. 
with the legend tier, which is just £7.50 a month, uh, you can actually get access to new episodes before they get released on their official release dates. And uh, you can cancel this at any point. Of course, you're not tied into anything necessarily. With the uh, Warrior tier, which is £15 a month, you get early access to the episodes, you get a, a coveted Booze Break sticker and access to the private Facebook group for people who are on a booze break and, and want to join a community and help support each other and with you know with positivity and hints and tips. And then you've got Godlike Behemoth, which is £30 a month. If you donate that, you're an absolute star and, and I can't thank you enough. With this, you get early access to episodes, you get a shout out on one of my podcasts, uh, you get the Booze Break sticker, you get access to the private Facebook group, and you also get an epic Booze Break t-shirt as well. So any support that you guys could give would mean a huge amount to me. Uh, notoriously, podcasts don't don't earn a great deal. So any bit that you can give would, would make a huge difference. And it just keeps me motivated and, and able to be producing content and taking the time out to do research and, and put these episodes out. So I uh, thank you. Back to the episode. Um, so... I'll tell you a little bit about my story uh, first uh, with alcohol. I, I do want to say up front that um, it's not a particularly unique or special story. In fact, it's barely a story at all. Um, I probably had my first drink before my teens. Uh, I grew up in the UK and um, it's, you know, it's got a big drinking culture. Um, but yeah, I, I probably had my first beer well before my teens. Um, and then, uh, you know, going into my teens, um, yeah, I was totally drinking. Uh, so yeah, um, you know, during my teens, uh, I was, you know, we, we, we were hanging out at the park. Uh, I remember, you know, I've actually got really fond memories of, you know, having my crate of Carlsberg export. I've got my trackies on, I've got my Nike shocks and I'm walking up to the park, uh, looking forward to a good night with my mates. Um, you know, getting absolutely spanned on this, like, I don't know, would it have been like a 24 crate of bottles? I was quite posh. I quite like drinking out of bottles. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, typical teenage kind of, you know, drinking. And then um, I've always looked older than I do, especially now. Jeez. Um, but uh, yeah, so I could get into the pubs at 15. Um, this is the, I got ID'd a few times and, and had to go home. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely easier for me. Bear in mind, you know, when I was 15, it was 2004. It was a little bit more relaxed back then when it came to, um, you know, the legal age. Obviously, the legal age, um, you know, um, it, you know, has always been 18. But uh, I think uh, there was less less pressure on the pubs and the clubs um, to be kind of like really locking down on uh, underage drinking. So uh, yeah, it was a lot easier for me to uh, get into a pub at 15 uh, than it was when I was, let's say, 17. Um, and I, you know, I, I mean, I'm 31 now and I got ID'd this year, uh, which is crazy. And I've got a big beard with, you know, greys in it and stuff. And, um, you know, so it's obviously been, you know, it's been cracked down on a lot more since. So, and that kind of continued. So when I turned 18, um, you know, I could legally drink. It wasn't really a big deal, you know. I'd been doing it already. It wasn't like some sort of big event. Uh, but obviously I had an ID. I could legally drink in a pub. And if I got challenged, I could show my ID. And that was fantastic. Um, I actually have vivid memories of my 18th birthday. We went out for a meal with some family members and then met up with some friends in town. Um, me and who is now my wife, Kate, uh, went out. I got absolutely shit-faced. I remember throwing up, you know, just outside of the taxi um, when, when we got dropped off. I remember my uh, mum and dad kind of like cheering me on from the window. 
um, as, as I was outside, you know, chucking my guts up. And uh, I think that was one of the most ill times I've ever been. I think that was my first real proper hangover. Um, so yeah, that was, a, that was a game changer. And then I went through into university. And uh, I think everyone knows about the drinking culture at universities, um, you know, uh, drinking in the middle of the week, student nights, pound a pint nights, um, you know, getting crates of beer in at your halls of residence, getting absolutely bladdered and then waking up the next day and going to lectures. I'm amazed looking back at that, that I managed to get through university with a degree. And then uh, skip forward to my uh, early career. I I studied photography. I was quite lucky to get into um, the sort of photography industry relatively quickly out of um, coming out of university. So you know, sometimes we were drinking at work. I remember we sometimes we would have late night editing sessions at this particular studio that I worked at and we would pinch beers out of the fridge and try and replace them the next day so that the bosses didn't notice because the alcohol was supposed to be for our clients. And then, uh, yeah, so again, I kind of cont- continued on with that, you know, relatively um, uh, chilled uh, drinking, you know, every now and again drinking uh, in the week, uh, definitely at the weekends going out, having a good time. And then my daughter came along and that kind of stopped going out at the weekends entirely and, uh, you know, going out for drinks with friends and stuff, because of course you've got to, you know, you've got to look after your, um, you know, your kids, uh, especially when they're, when they're that young, uh, there's sort of less opportunities for uh, things like babysitters and stuff. Um, so, uh, we definitely fell into that trap, or I certainly did, of, you know, when the baby's gone to bed, you open up a bottle of wine, you have some drinks, and uh, that was kind of your adult time, you know? That was the time to chill. That was, what, nearly three years ago um, that my uh, daughter was born. Um, so it kind of continued on as um, uh, like that. But what I found was that the days that I was drinking in the week were becoming more frequent. Uh, and also, I was finding that I was drinking more and more during those days and it's kind of stopped being necessarily a social thing and more of a stress reliever more of a relaxant um uh, you know people who have got children you know know that like your, your social life uh, sort of diminishes pretty rapidly when you have a, a a child so um yeah that was uh that would that was something i found really interesting was that you know, no longer was it about going out with your friends and having drinks uh, as much, but it was more about kind of just like, it was that transition from uh, work and family life to just being a couple again, just being Dan again. So I found myself sort of doing that more and more and, and certainly in more quantities. And what I was finding was it was starting to reflect on my health and my sort of general demeanor, my productivity, um, you know, how engaged I was with my daughter, with my wife, with my work. And also it was starting to, you know, seriously deteriorate my health, uh, both mentally and, and physically. Uh, not in a huge way, you know, um, but something that I, that I definitely noticed uh, for sure. So what happened, uh, you know, during this kind of time period of, of nearly three years, uh, was I would, you know, consider constantly, you know, after, you know, a night of more heavy drinking than I should have been and then waking up the next day, I don't know, with my daughter or going to work and thinking, why the hell did I do that? that I feel terrible. Um, I'm, you know, I'm tired. I'm grumpy. I'm not engaged. I had a terrible night's sleep. That totally wasn't worth it. Okay, we need to stop this uh, and I need to start behaving myself. 
And I would find myself, you know, I'd maybe go for like a couple of days without um, drinking and, and sort of start to feel a bit better. And then uh, I would get those cravings again. And, I, and you know, I'd, I'd get home from work and whether it be celebrating because I've had a great day or, um, you know, commiserating because it's been a tough day and I've been struggling and I've been stressed. Um, you know, my first thought was, God, I'm really looking forward to a drink when I get home. So what I'm getting at is these breaks of alcohol uh, were becoming really difficult to sustain. Um, you know, I, I really struggled to go any more than like a two or three days before I was really, really fancying a beer or a glass of wine or something. Um, I would try things like uh, dry January, sober for October. I think one time we managed uh, sober October um, with two days to spare. And then I just caved. And I think that was the longest I'd not had a drink probably since... I don't know, I was 18, I guess, um, which is quite a scary thought considering that's well over a decade now. So I was constantly reevaluating my relationship with alcohol. I was, you know, internally thinking, Jesus, I really need to behave myself um, and, you know, stop drinking in the week, maybe save it for weekends. And I would try that and that would fail. And uh, it just became uh, more and more kind of... Um, I don't know, damaging, uh, I, I guess, to, to all of the sort of aspects of my life that I sort of deemed uh, important, you know, such as my relationship with my wife and, and my daughter and uh, how alert I am, um, you know, with, with, with my daughter, with my work and um, with my teaching as well. So I knew something had to change and I needed to, to take um, pretty drastic steps. Another turning point for me uh, when it came to Reevaluating my uh, relationship with alcohol and and kind of my lifestyle um, was I was starting to have some uh, kind of like discomfort and pain in my side, and I'm a bit of a hypochondriac anyway, um, uh, and so this was really bothering me for for quite a while. And then I so I took it to the doctors and uh, they ran some tests. I got referred to a specialist and uh, I had a ultrasound on my kind of abdomen uh, and things like that. I uh, got those test results back and it turns out I got a fatty liver. So that was a bit of a shock. And the doctor um, uh, you know, gave me um, some advice to uh, try and tackle this kind of health issue. And, and the, the, you know, the, the, the key uh, to this was, um, you know, reduce your alcohol intake uh, as well as getting more exercise and eating healthier. So that, that was a big kicker as well to, to start thinking about my relationship um, with alcohol. I will say I didn't really do anything about this uh, for about eight months, which kind of shows where my willpower was at at that point. I kind of carried on as normal. I think I might have uh, cut down for about a week, something like that, but very slowly just got back into my old ways of kind of drinking every day. Um, you know, not uh, not in huge quantities, but uh, enough to that over a sort of long period of time, you know, potentially do some damage. Uh, other health issues that I've got um, that are potentially associated with alcohol is uh, gout. I, I, I'm a 31 year old with gout. Uh, so I'll let that sink in for a second. I've had this issue, I think, for about, I don't know, four, four years, something like that. It's not particularly bad uh, and, and serious but uh, it, it is a it is an issue that I'm kind of going through so yeah a 31 year old with a medieval king's ailment uh, 
This could definitely be related to my lifestyle, uh, both with food and alcohol. Uh, my granddad's got gout as well, so uh, I, it could well be um, something that's in my genetics. But uh, yeah, uh, that was definitely a factor that you know I've I've kind of put into this uh, sort of um, journey uh, of of kind of look, trying to trying to change my health and habits and and live a slightly healthier lifestyle with less gout. So uh, like I said, as of um, two weeks ago, I uh, have completely stopped drinking, um, you know, living alcohol free. And uh, I'm not saying that's going to be forever uh, at all. Uh, so um, that, that this is where we're at. And, and that's why I decided to make this podcast, because I first of all, I wanted to kind of document uh, this journey that I'm on, um, you know, living alcohol free for the time being, discover the the benefits, the pitfalls, um, the difficulties that I'm, you know, I go through, uh, sort of on a day to day basis, uh, and also it's uh, going to be a part of my accountability. Uh, I think if I've got something to focus on, like this podcast, uh, where I can be sharing my experiences uh, and also researching and learning about ways in which to more easily live uh, a life uh, without alcohol, that's hopefully going to keep me on track, keep me motivated, keep me focused. Uh, so in the following episodes, what I'm going to be doing is highlighting where I'm at at that particular point. And, um, you know, kind of going over uh, briefly my uh, sort of experiences of living alcohol free. And I also want to share with you guys some of the information that I've come across uh, while living alcohol free. I've been researching it um, a little bit either through podcasts, uh, reading books, uh, getting involved in the, uh, the kind of alcohol free community as well. And uh, so if you're going through a similar kind of situation to me and you're wanting to uh, sort of reevaluate and change um, your sort of outlook on on how you live your life and and how alcohol fits within that. I'm going to be looking into some topics that might be helpful uh, to you on your journey as well. And and if it's helped me out, then I'm definitely going to share it uh, on the podcast. But first, I want to give a quick shout out to the good folks over at One Year No Beer. One Year No Beer have been instrumental during my booze break journey. I signed up to the 90 day challenge on there and the help that both Ruri, Andy, as well as the One Year No Beer Facebook group have given throughout this time has been so valuable. By signing up, I was given access to a ton of helpful resources as well as their amazing Facebook community with over 20,000 members. I get an email first thing every morning with a video highlighting a helpful tip or useful strategies to use throughout the day. Watching these has been such a positive way to start my morning routine and I can't thank them enough. I love One Year No Beer so much that I reached out to them recently and they kindly agreed to help support me in the podcast, which I'm so grateful for. So if you're interested in following in my footsteps and taking on either a 28-day, 90-day or 365-day challenge, you can head over to my website and on the homepage there'll be a One Year No Beer banner that you can click on and sign up for your challenge. I can highly recommend the guys at One Year No Beer and by signing up through my website you'll be helping to support the show, which would really mean a lot to me. But for now, back to the episode. So here I am, day 14, alcohol-free, feeling good? I've got um, quite a lot of benefits um, that I've noticed from just having these two weeks of, you know, without the booze. Uh, I'll list them off uh, briefly, but generally I feel happier all the time, which sounds, um, you know, kind of uh, extreme. But uh, yeah, I feel great. I My mood generally is improved. I think a lot of that is down to the fact that I'm sleeping a lot better at the moment. I uh, would usually, uh, when I was uh, drinking... I would stay up quite late and, you know, like I'd have a nightcap 
um, after my wife had gone to bed and sometimes that would turn into two, sometimes that would turn into binging some YouTube videos or something like that. So um, yeah, I'm sleeping way better, waking up feeling a lot more alert. I will say the difference between waking up without a drink and, and, and with a drink are two different things. I'm still tired, but I don't feel like shit. So, um, you know, you, you, you still get that thing of like, you don't, I don't necessarily wake up bright eyed and bushy tailed every single day, although sometimes that is the case. Uh, you know, I'm still tired. I'm still, uh, I still really want to, you know, stay in bed, but that's because I'm comfortable and not because I feel like shit. Um, you know, so there's a big difference between uh, the two of them. And when I do get out of bed, instantly I'm more alert, I'm more engaged. I'm, uh, you know, it, the, usually the reasons why I've, uh, I've woken up is because my, my daughter's woken up. So um, I'm thrilled to be with her and playing straight away. Whereas, you know, back when I was um, drinking on a regular basis, um, I would just be desperate for a coffee and I would put off any physical uh, kind of uh, or energetic engagement uh, before I had at least 45 minutes to kind of gather my thoughts and strength for the rest of the day. Um, whereas now I'm just back into it straight away. As soon as I wake up, I'm, I'm on it. I've lost weight. I've lost four pounds in the last two weeks, uh, which is fantastic. I will say that I'm already on a bit of a healthy eating uh, style uh, journey, but um, I was doing that before I stopped um, drinking and I wasn't really losing anything. If anything, I was gaining most weeks. So um, that's been a, a big improvement. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm starting to look thinner and, and more healthy as well, which is fantastic. My exercise has improved. Uh, I love cycling. Uh, I'm, um, I'm recording this at the time of the coronavirus lockdown, so I'm not doing a great deal of work, uh, but I am cycling a lot. And I'm finding that my cycling and my recovery is massively improved. I'm getting faster. I'm um, way more hydrated when I'm on a ride. And uh, also my heart rate, uh, for the most part, has dropped. So that's got to be good, right? I'm way more productive and focused on my sort of day-to-day -day tasks. I don't get distracted uh, as much. I'm a little bit more mindful about what I'm doing. I remember the other day I came into work and I had like a big to-do list of things to do, uh, both for my college work and for my business. And uh, it was quite a daunting list, but I managed to tick it all off in, in a space of about three hours, which I, and on any other normal day when I was drinking, it probably would have taken me all day and I probably would have uh, procrastinated quite a lot. Uh, a big thing uh, that's a change since be, be, becoming alcohol free is I am completely symptom free uh, when it comes to my slightly dodgy liver. Um, I would pretty much always have this kind of numb uncomfortable pain in my right hand side um so yeah feeling good feeling great um i know i sound a bit evangelical about all this stuff but it's it's real you know i'm i'm, I'm feeling uh, a lot more focused healthy and energetic which has got to be a good thing i have had some challenges though along these these first two weeks um it wasn't too bad initially but i've started to get pretty bad cravings in the evenings uh, little things triggered me off um, when it comes to cravings, a thing that I, you know, um, you know, if, if, if we video chat my parents and um, that would be the, usually a time I would you know, pour myself a drink and we'd have a lovely conversation. And um, yeah, now I'm, I'm sort of, you know, not doing that. As, um, so, you know, that kind of, it's a little bit triggering. It's, it's totally manageable, but it, it's something that's there. Uh, what I've struggled with a little bit is 
trying to find something to replace drinking with. And it's it's not just the physical act of having a, like an alcoholic beverage, but what is that transitional thing from family slash work time in the day to relaxation uh, time in the evening. The transition would usually be, let's have a glass of wine, let's have a beer, let's um, relax a second. Uh, so yeah, trying to find stuff that kind of replaces that is um, still a challenge for me. There's, I've got a couple of things on the cards. Um, meditation is one of them. Reading, genuinely just swapping uh, an alcoholic beverage to like an alcohol-free beer uh, or an alcohol-free wine. Uh, so I'm just kind of experimenting with that at the moment uh, as well. And what I'm also finding as well, which is really interesting, is the stuff that I used to be into in the evenings, the programs that I used to watch, the um, you know the things that I used to get into, like I, I would look you know in on social media sometimes. Uh, I would watch YouTube. Um, we might want to, um, you know, be watching a, a sort of series. I'm just not as into it anymore. Um, and I don't know whether that's because it um, it was originally associated with the fact that I was having a drink or whether the the act of watching that was just something in the background that was um, just a part of the process of having a drink, if that makes sense. So what I used to do, this is a typical night for me, me and my wife would watch um, something on TV, we'd usually have like a series to watch. Uh, uh, most recently, we've been really into The Mandalorian, that was a great series, uh, really enjoyed that. And then what we would usually do is put on a couple of episodes of whatever, Big Bang Theory or something like that. And what I'm finding is, although I am enjoying it, I'm not enjoying it as much. What I would often do after that is have a big binge of YouTube. So I would, um, you know, get YouTube up on the on the TV and I would sort of scroll through my sort of recommended videos and have a couple of subscriptions to certain things. And the, the kind of stuff that I would watch is quite varied, but it was a lot of the time it was sort of photography or, um, you know, video production related, uh, as well as, you know, the odd podcast, Joe Rogan, something like that. And so I would sort of line up these different shows in like a uh, you know like a playlist and I would go and kind of go through those and and I would do that until potentially quite late in the night and I sort of flicked onto YouTube the other day and I just wasn't interested in anything that was on there even the stuff that you know I've subscribed to um, you know for the past year and I'm, I'm really into just not as interested not as engaging and it makes me think uh, you know was you know that time of watching YouTube and binging that, just another excuse to be drinking. And and just the, the act that I was doing something while drinking was better than just drinking in silence. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of psychology behind that. I'm, I'm not educated enough to kind of go into that in much detail. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm finding uh, for sure uh, when it comes to, my, uh, you know, the changes uh, since going alcohol free. talk about a few things that have helped me out uh, during this first two weeks of living alcohol free and, and these are potentially things that you could look into yourself if you're embarking on this kind of journey. Uh, the first one which is a big one is uh, actually engaging in a community of other people who have also made the switch to living alcohol free. This has been a huge plus for me um, because there was a lot of questions that I had initially. Um, there's you know been a few challenges along the way and I've been able to get up in, into a uh, a Facebook group. In this um, case, it was the One Year No Beer Facebook group. 
and um, you know ask questions and get some advice on you know some of the things that I was experiencing. Uh, so that's been really really good. Another thing is reading. I've been doing quite a lot more reading uh, recently, which has been fantastic. Uh, usually I would um, not be awake enough to be reading in the evenings. Uh, you know, I would be straight off to bed, you know, slightly fuzzy headed. And as soon as my head hit the pillow, I was out. Uh, whereas actually I've been really looking forward to getting into bed and, and, and reading again. So that's been fantastic. I've, I've really uh, been enjoying that. I actually look forward to going to bed now. Whereas before I kind of used to resent it. I've also been, you know, focusing on my why, the reason why I've decided to kind of make this change in my lifestyle. You know, my whys are um, kind of numerous, but uh, the main ones are obviously the health benefits. Uh, of course, having this uh, particular thing uh, with my kind of slightly dodgy liver uh, is, has been a big thing. Uh, but also, you know, just having more headspace and um, energy and alertness with my wife and my daughter has, has been a huge part of this. Um, also, um, embarking on a new project. Uh, for me, it's this podcast. I've been super geeking out about podcasting and uh, there's been a big sort of drive uh, for me and it's, it's sort of kept my mind busy uh, you know, during these last two weeks, and I've been really excited to, to you know to start to make this. For you, it could be something completely different. You could uh, learn a new skill, get yourself up on YouTube, and and learn something new. It could be planning a new adventure. You know, um, start to plan maybe something for next year. Um, with all this money that you're saving from not drinking, you can go somewhere new and experience something different. It could just be get a new hobby. You know, if you've been wanting to learn the ukulele, um, now's the time to do it. Pick up that ukulele and uh, get learning. So that was a little introduction into me. In future episodes, I'll be looking to continue to share my journey of living an alcohol-free lifestyle, as well as tackling topics related to this, and also sharing helpful tips to help you along with your journey. In the next episode, I'll be tackling the topic of cravings. Specifically, what are cravings? Why do they happen and how do we manage them? If you've enjoyed listening to this first episode of the Booze Break podcast, it would mean a lot to me if you could subscribe and leave me a positive review on iTunes. This really boosts the reach of the podcast and gets it in front of more listeners who might be embarking on a similar journey. I'd also like to leave a recommendation before we finish up. I've been reading an amazing book by Annie Grace called This Naked Mind. It's a deep dive into how alcohol is ingrained in the media and how it takes a hold of your subconscious. It's a great read and it really made me reevaluate my relationship with booze, so go check that out if you're interested. I'd like to finish off this first episode with a question. If you could cut out alcohol for 90 days, what would you spend with the money that you save from not drinking? I'll post this question on the Facebook page as well as Instagram. So head on over to facebook.com forward slash boozebreakpodcast or Instagram, which is at boozebreakpodcast. I'll post the question up there and I'd like to hear your thoughts and chat with you in the comments. But for now, I've been Dan and thanks for listening to the Booze Break Podcast. Peace.